I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Unfortunately, we can't say defending or reigning anymore, and we'll talk about that later, but we'll always have 2016, right, Ben? Oh, man, it's painful. <laughs> no longer reigning and defending. Now we just got to be the team that won last year, <laughs> which is what 29 other teams wish they could say. But, yep. hey, I'll take it. I'll live with it. And by Jove, I'll wait to the next one. Yep, just one before I die, man. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Just one. Yep. Now it's how about one more. Yeah, but a few let's not more. get too greedy. Yep. I'll take another one. So that is the voice of our fearless leader at World Series Dreaming, Anil Katuli. Uh It's good to be alive. Good to be here. And I am Ken, also known as Rice Cube. And, uh, yeah, we're... You know, it's unfortunately baseball's over. Oh, I hate life without baseball. But <laughs> even uh, spring we, training games are better than no baseball. Indeed. And uh we can talk about the World Series that just happened, uh that the Cubs weren't a part of, but they almost got there. Well, sort of. Almost. Yeah. And they were one of the talk- last four teams standing. Well, Final Four, that, that makes a heck of a difference, and you you can't really say that for a lot of the other teams. Uh, nope. Talk about Cubs, uh, they made a couple of claims. Uh, a couple of guys are about to get hit for agency and other offseason moves that might come up. The new coaches and how they might help the existing core. And uh, finally, a little bit of just not sticking to sports because sometimes we just can't. How's that for a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. Let's rock and roll. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrows. So that World Series... Ah, oh, fantastic World Series. I thought Taking it was. out the 2016 World Series because, damn it, I'm biased. That was a dream come true World Series. Best thing I've ever seen. Take out 2016. Mm-hmm. This past World Series was probably the best one I've ever seen. Taking out all fandom out of it. Taking out my dream team. I mean, that was by far one of the best World Series I've ever seen. Yeah. And we're talking about the 2017 series between the L.A. Dodgers, who did beat the Cubs, and the eventual champion, uh, Houston Astros, which is kind of funny because uh, back in 2014, Sports Illustrated was like, hey, uh, welcome, and here's your 2017 uh, World Series champion Astros, and everybody kind of laughed. That was a pretty sweet prediction. Yeah, but that, I'd say the guy that predicted the Cubs 2016 World Championship in his yearbook a decade or so before, he took home the cake right there. <laughs> that was before Theo, before the Ricketts, long before 
anybody had any idea what could possibly happen. Well, you know, with like six billion people on the planet, somebody's going to get lucky with one of those random predictions. But it's still impressive. And the Sports Illustrated article was it. They had a lot of rational, uh, you know, rationale as to why they thought the Houston Astros would win this year, and they almost didn't. I mean, the Yankees took them to seven games, and we would have been talking about maybe the Dodgers beating up on the Yankees or the Yankees with Starling Castro, uh, you know, finally getting their ring. But the Astros are just uh, built really, really well, if not as, like, I guess humanely as the Cubs were, but they're just built extremely well. And you, you can yeah, and that. I'm I'm glad that they're in the American League. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good offense, man. Yep. Do you know uh, who the Cubs are playing in interleague next year? Hmm. Would it be the Astros? I I don't know. I, I'm just uh, I I don't. I, I guess I could look that up while we opine on um, the World Series. But... I'll I give it a quick look. Yeah, but. You know, seven games, uh, Astros went up to one, the Dodgers tied it, and the Astros went up a game, and the Dodgers tied It was back and forth, and it wasn't like trying to come back from a 3-0 or a 3-1 deficit like the Cubs did last year. Like nobody other than the Boston Red Sox 2004 were able to come back from down 0-3. So, but... You, you could tell that the, these teams were extremely evenly matched, and it was uh, really fun to just watch them land haymakers o- over each other. It was great. Yeah, I mean, these games went on for like four or five hours. It was just insane. But yeah. it was damn good baseball. It was very good baseball, and I'm kind of glad you talked about the four or five hour thing because it it's just like, well, sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. Sometimes you got to intersperse in commercials about it. And they actually did that on Fox. I didn't get the cable channel, so I didn't see it on Fox Sports 1 or TBS or whatever. But I heard, and I de- definitely saw in the World Series that, you know, every time a, a pitcher was just, like, scratching his balls or something, uh, they would just <laughs> – uh, put him in the corner and then they run run a quick ad and then that was it so i thought that was yeah, really and nice and if you're wondering the cubs are playing the american league central next year oh okay so they got the two and two against the white Sox. actually because they're playing the white <laughs> so the central mm-hmm. it's back to three and three. Oh, really mm-hmm. that's weird oh i guess and that would make and sense and it's not a and it's not a back-to-back series either I yeah. believe they close out the year with the White Sox. They were pretty damn close to it. Because they, uh, they need 20 interleague games. So that's six with the White Sox and then 14 more uh, with, with like, Minnesota and whatnot. Oh, yeah, they're playing Minnesota. And we also will get a, a 2016 World Series rematch with the Cleveland Indians. Oh, that'll be fun. I no. believe that they play one series in each park, I think. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm kind of, like, annoyed with Cleveland because they – I thought they would just make it to the to the next round, but the Yankees were a lot better than I thought they'd be, a lot better than anybody thought they would be. Oh, yeah, so, they had a hell of a season. They came back from down 2-0 to the Indians. 
mm-hmm. to wind up winning that series. They won three straight. And speaking of the Indians, I asked this question on Twitter not too long ago. But has any team had as bad of an outing, ousting from the playoffs in back-to-back years as the Cleveland Indians? Back-to-back years, they needed one game to advance or to win the championship. And And they they lost three straight each year. That's really rough. That's just got to be a gut punch, man. That's a kick to the nuts. Yeah. And at this point, I think they supersede every single other team. Like, the Cubs are obviously no longer in that graphic of longest droughts. Mm -hmm. And the Dodgers won in 1988, so they're not like... The Indians have the longest drought. Yeah, this coming year will be the... And they had a... They had it even before the Astros won. Yeah. So There's other like, teams that haven't won, but they came in in the, the late 60s. Yeah. So we're talking about like Montreal, which is now Washington, and they're trying mm-hmm. to ex- expand, uh, do some expansion. You got, got the Rangers. You've got mm-hmm. the Padres. Yeah. I mean, at least and a the lot Tampa of them. And the Tampa Bay Rays. A, yeah. And the Rockies. Uh, Seattle and Washington slash Montreal have never made it to the World Series, but uh, the other teams have, are like one and done. Actually, uh, both the Padres and the Rangers are 0 for 2, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, and you can on the Brewers in that category as well. They've never won the World Series either. Well, they were in the American League when they made the World Series, and they went to the but NLCS. they didn't win. It's a shame, drunkards. Yeah, they... Hey, Cato, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that that was rough. But, anyway, like, I, I thought that the Game 7 was obviously anticlimactic, but getting six really... Yeah, that was six really by far the worst game. Yeah, six really super competitive games and seeing Justin Verlander get a ring and seeing, like, Carlos Beltran didn't play that much, but he's been so good for so long that it, it's kind of like a lifetime achievement award, and he's one of my favorite non-Cubs players because... He's just so good. Like, he's always been good in the playoffs, and now he's probably going to retire because he's old, but, you know, for the longest time, and that's why he's been playing so long. He was that good, and I think he, he's probably going to make it to the Hall of Fame. I'll take him a few years, but I, I think he will make it. Yeah, I mean, Feltron's a fantastic player. He's long in the tooth now, but he was a fantastic player for a long time. I'm glad he's got a ring. Could it be a hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these ghosts of shame? Yeah. So now we can shift to, like, how do the Cubs get back to getting a ring? Like, we know how hard it is to go back-to-back years with the World Series. Like, nobody's made it back-to-back World Series since the Phillies uh, last mm-hmm. decade. Nobody really goes to the playoffs, like, year after year, year and gets to the World Series these days. So it kind of makes sense for uh, the Cubs to get that last week off. Like, obviously, they would have wanted to play, but getting that recharge, getting that hunger, say – Hey, you know what? Yeah. We were really, really close. We got tired because we had to play the Nationals, and we didn't do as well as we wanted to in the in the regular season. Even though, like, they really turned it on uh, mm-hmm. at the second half of the year. So we know how talented the Cubs can be. Yeah, and say what you of, will. 
Yeah. It may be only a week less, but a week less can make all the difference. Yeah. And I, I feel like they just need to pull a few things together and then they, they should be able to make it back. Mm-hmm. They need to make a few additions, maybe a few subtractions. Hmm. Maybe bring a few guys back. But yeah. I don't I, think I, they're too far away. Let's look at the transactions because uh, the Cubs uh, made a couple of claims. One was uh, a Rosario. I, I, the name, I don't know too much about him. He used to be a top prospect in the Twins uh, Twins organization. He's still pretty young, and now I think he's like a straight-up reliever. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, the – prospects that played in the fall league game the other day, uh, Jake Stinnett and Edward Azale, they're, they're kind of a little further away, but these guys, right? I, I feel like they should be pretty good. Uh, Randy Rosario was the guy. So that was right after the world series. They claimed, uh, Randy Rosario off twins. He's got, you know, a pretty good fastball. He got, you know, uh, kind of smacked around a little bit in his brief, appearance in the majors last year but other than that like I, I feel like they they got a pretty good arm but with a lot of these things like claims you got to remember that this is a a guy that Minnesota didn't feel good enough about to protect from a claim so <laughs> it's one of those lottery tickets slash lightning in a bottle guys did uh claim- Oh, go ahead. There have been six, there have been some, a few successful candidates from there. I mean, we all remember that Johan Santana was once a Rule 5 draft pick. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys who have been left unprotected that have mm-hmm. turned into superstars. Yeah, like so. Marwin Gonzalez, I believe, was claimed away from the Cubs, or maybe he was traded, and he just won a World mm-hmm. Series with the Astros. So. And didn't he have a key hit, too? He had several, I believe. <laughs> it, it's just like one of those things where, like, damn it, that was Marlin. And, and we could have kept him. But then again, you look at the club and you're like, dude, where was he going to play? So yeah. one of those things that you see in retrospect, you know, the Cubs didn't make the World Series, Marlin did, and what you're going to do. Uh, they did reclaim uh, Jacob Hanneman from Seattle again, so maybe – they're waiting for this part. Like right now, the 40-man, I think, has six spots remaining because uh, the Cubs lost a bunch of the guys off the roster who are free agents. So if you look at the transaction page of the 40-man roster, Jake Arrieta is not there anymore. Neither was Wade Davis. And those or are the John two. Lackey. Yeah. Well, Lackey's probably going to retire. So Most know. likely, yes. And uh, Alex Avila is gone. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring him back. Uh, but uh, I, I also don't know who they intend to use as a backup catcher behind Wilson. They might bring Ferris. back Avila. I mean, he did some great things for us, and he'd give us a lot of good backing up Contreras. Yeah. I would not mind one bit if they brought him back. Yeah, otherwise it's like Caratini and also Kyle Schwarber in a in an emergency, but uh, I don't see that really happening. Uh, Probably not. Let's see. I I think for the most part we would consider the two most likely 
two O guys, qualifying offer guys, as Jake Arrieta and uh, Wade Davis. And so right now, QO is valued at $17.4 million. That's not a big deal. The big deal is, well, the Cubs weren't the best, but they also didn't suck. So I think they're picking like 23rd or 24th this coming draft Mm -hmm. uh, every round. And yeah, if as they far as the qualifying offer goes, Jake Arrieta for sure will turn it down. Mm-hmm. But Wade Davis, he might accept. He might. I feel I'd give like, it a better than 50% chance. I accept. feel like if uh, he accepts, then there's something like wrong with his elbow or something. Because <laughs> uh, if he does accept, then I'd be kind or, of scared, you know. Or maybe like Dexter Fowler, he wants to finish a job that he doesn't feel like he finished. Right. Okay. So, uh, if I am reading this right, if if the Cubs are a obvious big market team, and I think their uh, draft picks, if they come back, will come after the uh, the round B. So there's like on day one, there's a couple of rounds. There's a first round and there's like a competitive balance round and then there's a second round and then there's another competitive balance round and somewhere between the first round and the first competitive balance round, there's going to be a compensation round. I think because the Cubs are not a revenue sharing team, they're going to get their pick after comp round B. And let's see. Yeah, that's that's the best I can do, unfortunately. So if, only if you're a revenue sharing team will you be allowed to uh, to get the uh, compensation round pick. So the Cubs, unfortunately, won't be able to pick until after like a round uh, pick number 70 because of the second round, but still having like three picks in the top uh, 100 is is a big deal because of all the money that's tied up. So if they weren't going to sign them back, you would want uh, Jake Arrieta and and Wade Davis to sign somewhere else and give them that draft pick. Mm-hmm. If they can sign both and they have three first round picks, I'll mm-hmm. gladly take that. So the idea that I've I've been seeing is on MLB trade rumors, they had their yearly uh, free agent prediction. The big guy that the Cubs are supposed to sign is you Darvish. And we saw... I'm not too sure if I want that. Yeah, we saw six years, $160 million. And at that price, if they're going to do that, I'd rather they just bring Jake Arrieta back. Especially with what they predict he's going to sign with the Brewers for, which is, I believe, four like, years, a hundred. Yeah, I, I, I just take. I'd Arietta give back. an area to that in a heartbeat. Yeah, the good news about you, Darvish, is that he can't be extended the qualifying offer because he was one of the trade deadline acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously still good. It's just I, I don't know what happened. Maybe he lost command. Maybe it was the bad. Uh, World Series baseballs that pitchers are complaining they're too slick. I can't grip them. I can't throw a slider. And you Darvish is huge on sliders. So if he can't use a slider, then everybody's just sitting fastball, and that's why he get, got smacked all over the place. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, they were talking about Darvish and Arietta comparing the two because 
Arietta yeah, is, is four months older than Darvish. Mm-hmm. But when you count his time in Japan, Darvish had like 500 more innings pitched. Yeah. And that's a lot of wear and tear in that arm. If all things being equal, money and everything, give me back Arietta in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, he knows the Cubs. The Cubs know him. They know exactly what they're going to get from him. Bring me back Arietta, especially if you're going to choose between the two. And then the contracts are basically basically the same. Well, especially if it's yeah, especially if it's the same. four years, a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. that he's supposedly going to get from the Brewers, as predicted. Well, they that's, they said that's that a drop in the bucket. Yeah, they didn't know which team would actually do it, so they just picked the Brewers just for the hell of it. But um, I don't if, care which team it is. <laughs> if any team is willing to give him four years, twenty five million, the Cubs better match that. Yeah, he know I, he'd want to come back to the Cubs if all things were equal. Right, and then he wouldn't actually have to move, even though he he did just sell his house. <laughs> um, he's not renting out the house that they've been renting. Because hmm. apparently they've been renting out that house. Oh. Okay. At least that's what Brittany Arietta, Brittany Arietta said. Yeah. So I'm looking further down the list, and Wade Davis is four years, $60 million to the Astros. So at the very least, he's, like, out of the league. But, you know, if you count all that money, like, obviously you'd have to scrunch $160 million into four years rather than six. But why not just pick them both back? And um, that, yeah. that's part, partly because you don't know who the closer is going to be. Like, can you trust C.J. Edwards or Carl Can you Edwards trust Jr.? Justin Wilson? Yeah. And it's kind of rough. So, like, you know, Bruce Levine, I believe, uh, is a guy who said the Cubs are going to look for two starters and three relievers. And I think that's pretty on the ball. Like, yeah, basically John Lester, Kyle Hendricks, and Jose Quintana, and and that's it. Like, you probably uh, anticipate Mike Montgomery being the swing man and not giving him, like, a full starting spot. And maybe that's the best for him is just doing a matchup rather than a, than the usual starter, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's been a, a few names that have been bantied about the Cubs going to, the like, the second-tier pitchers. Mm-hmm. One yeah. is Cobb from Tampa Bay, who might yeah. be following his pitching coach here to Chicago. I wouldn't mind having him as a fourth or fifth starter. The guy's got talent. Yeah, he got hit hard last year, but the guy's a, a pretty good pitcher, and he's not going to cost a lot of money. He might, uh, he might accept or or be extended the QO though. So that would be something to watch out for. Are the Cubs willing to jettison a pick to sign a? You think he's good starter? enough to get the qualifying offer? I mean. They think so. I don't like it, it's a it's an iffy thing. Will will he accept the qualifying offer? Will he? The deadline's in like what three days? I think. Yeah, it's it's about a week after the end of the World Series. So there's Lance Lynn, who also might be extending the qualifying offer. Uh, we know that there are several pitchers like you know, uh, Cueto. Johnny Cueto in San Francisco has opted into the rest of his contract, so he's not a free agent. Tanaka mm-hmm. has opted into his contract, so that's another free agent that's gone. And, yeah, and, and a lot of people are accepting the qualifying offers, especially pitchers. 
Oh, not sorry, not qualifying offers, but their option years. Yeah. Which is surprising because this isn't exactly a deep starting pitching free agent market. Yeah, it kind of makes me think that uh, they realize, hey, despite the fact that it's not a deep, deep uh, class, I'm, I'm making good not, money where I'm at. Yeah, I'm making a huge amount of money, and I'm probably not going to make that same amount of money going forward. The only guy who opted out, I believe, was Justin Upton, and then when he opted back in, or he, he didn't opt back in, but the Angels re-signed him, they gave him a slightly more money, but at a lower average annual value. So it's like it's it's not worth it for these, these uh, players to opt out unless they're like a general generational talent. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of hate for Jason Hayward. Yeah. I mean, he's a plus defender. His bat isn't worth the, what is it, $180 million he, he's no, being paid? You know, at the time it made sense to do it that way, but right now he, he's, like, lost at the plate. And, well, and that, we'll talk about coaches next time. But Well, yeah, not exactly too lost because he's still hitting about what he has for his whole career. Yeah. He, just, he's hitting around 260, which is his career average. Yeah. He had 11 home runs. He's, career average is about 17 per year average-wise. So yeah. he's not too far off what his career average says he is. But yeah, but for that yeah. much money, you kind of expect more of an offensive boost than what he's been able to give. You do, and like he's a perfectly capable outfielder. Obviously, he's he's got another uh, Gold Glove Gold Glove nomination, and he's probably going to win. But you're talking about a guy who's OPSing near 700, and he's playing the corner, and that doesn't work very well. Uh, he still gets on base uh, very well. He takes his walks, but he's just not making good contact. Like, lots of grounders to the right side, lots of pop-ups. You're seeing that a lot, and it's, you know, it's frustrating because mm-hmm. it you is. Know, he's a very likable guy. He plays well. He works hard. And, the reason- and he gave the speech that won us the World Series, man. Yeah, but... At at some point, all that goodwill is going to run out, and unfortunately for Cubs fans, uh, feeling that ran out very quick. Feeling very entitled, right? Just one before mm-hmm. I die, but now that we have that one, let's get another, you know. But and there are some <laughs> rumors. Not sure if they're fan made or not, but it made it to the radio, so I guess there's some validity to it about a possible trade with the Giants. Hmm. Who would they trade? Trading Jason Hayward to the Giants for Jeff Samarja and their closer, Melanson. That makes absolutely no sense. The money kind of works out. They want to get rid of Melanson, from what I heard. That doesn't make sense because he's not that bad. No, he he had a bad year, but apparently the Giants want to get rid of him. They want to get rid of his contract. Huh. Of course, it's just a rumor. I have no way to say how true it is or how completely bogus it is. But they were talking about that as a possible deal the other day on 670 on their Talking Baseball segment. Who's the host for that one? Because I I almost never listen to sports radio because they make my head hurt. I keep keep forgetting. Isn't it Rosenblum or Rosen? I think it's Rosenblum. Oh, Oh, who cares what that guy says? Okay, well, Melanson. It's Rosen something, not Rosenthal. 
Rosenblum. Is that the guy from the Sun Times? Rosenblum? Maybe. I don't know. I, I try not it's to. It's somebody on the talking baseball segment was talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it would make I, sense for the Cubs. They get you know, a good starting pitcher who they know. They're getting a closer, which is something that they need. And they're opening up a sp- outfield spot for, say, I don't know, an Ian Happ. And the Cubs, Epstein has said that they'd consider trading from their major league depth this year. Yeah. And when you talk about trading from major league depth, there's four guys that you generally think of as expendable without losing too much. Right. You've got Almora, you got Schwarber, and as much as I hate to say it, you got Baez and Russell. Huh. Oh, and you also have Ian Happ. Yeah, that's true. I think Hat might be the first one to go. He might have the most trade value, being as young as he is. But I don't really want to see any of them go. But yeah. at some point, you're going to have to say goodbye to somebody. I think uh, they are less inclined to try to trade Jason Hayward when his stock is so low. I think they do it just to like swap bad contract for bad contract. Huh. Yeah, but Samarja and Melanson are not bad contracts per se. Samarja is still very valuable as a guy who just eats innings. And uh, Melanson... Yes, but he, he is still prone year. to that one bad inning. Yeah. I, I, I think, like, obviously Samarja would be a good trade target because of what he could be and what, what he can bring to the table, even if he's not what he could be. Uh, just because he eats so many innings, he's a very strong pitcher. He's healthy. He's he throws hard, and he's got good stuff. Like his, sometimes he just doesn't put it together. But I don't think they're going to do that trade that the sports radio guy said because Melanson was hurt last year, and these are two pieces that are super useful. Like Hayward, other than his glove, you don't know what you got right now. So. My guess is the Cubs keep him around. They're not going to dump his contract to some cost. They've already, you know, set up that money mm-hmm. money anyway. So. And I don't think they're going to trade Schwarber because <laughs> his con- his value is so low at the moment. Yeah, he's not even hitting arbitration until like 2019 or after 20. 20- mm-hmm. Yeah, 2019. So it's like, why would you? Like he is giving you a lot of value for the money that you're paying him right now. And also, yeah, like kind of all the depth guys, I think Hap makes the most sense to trade. Right. Yeah. I I think uh, with Hayward though, you try to tinker with him again in the off season. Hope something sticks. Hope that he has the year year of his life and that he opts yeah. out, and then you can throw that money at Bryce Harper instead. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel being like... a Bryce Harper, that piece of crap. I love the guy, but. He keeps flirting with the Cubs left and right, man. He was at the at the Blackhawks game one night when they were playing in Las Vegas. Not wearing Las Vegas gear, mind you. I think he was wearing a Blackhawks gear. He was wearing, a, I think, a Bulls hat a while back. Not too far, but like a month or so back. Well, everybody likes Mike. Nobody likes the Bulls, though. Oh, okay. At least not anymore. But every time you turn around, he's doing something to make you think that, oh, I'm coming to the Cubs. I think he's just getting ridiculous. (laughs) He he obviously likes trolling. Oh, he's a king of it. So, 
I feel that uh, – so I did some napkin math, and I'm pretty sure they could stuff a few contracts in there, even with the arbitration raises coming up because of how the contracts are staggered. But at the same time, you'd like to be able to get rid of a little bit of money in order to uh, to grab someone like uh, Bryce Harper because he is a generational talent. He's pretty good, darn good. Like former MVP, always hits a high clip, lots of power, uh, obviously plays good defense. So that's somebody that I, I would be looking forward to. And that's why I think they're investing their money more wisely rather than going after you, Darvish. But if they did, what do you think Darvish, of Andrew Kashner? I think he's a reliever. He, I, I wouldn't trust him in the rotation. He doesn't last that long. He's basically like a really bad version of Rich Harden at this point. Like you remember how Rich Harden would barely get through five innings. Like oh, Ashner yeah. throws way too many pitches. He doesn't miss enough bats. I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, because Heyman just reported that the Rangers did <coughs> not expect to extend him the qualifying offer, mm-hmm. even though he had a strong season. And you could probably get him on the cheap. Especially with his injury history. Throw right. him in at number five. I'll take a five inning pitcher at as my fifth starter. Yeah, honestly I think he's uh he's a reliever at this point, so you're gonna have to go look somewhere else for for an actual uh starter. And the list that I'm looking at on MLB trade rumors is, is just not that enticing. If we consider like the trade trades that are coming up, because Theo has been pretty transparent about you know having to acquire pitchers, then we're looking at uh, other guys like you know Chris Archer. Archer is a name that keeps coming up. There are probably other uh, cost control starters that I'm blanking on right now, but that would yeah probably... I'd love Archer, but he's going to cost something nice and. Uh, I'm trying to think think of who you would want to keep, and you know we we'd want to keep everyone because we know these guys were the ones who helped win the World Series. But you gotta you gotta pay something to get something, and so anybody not named Rizzo or or Bryant or Bryant or Contreras, yeah, Contreras, you cannot trade right now because there is no catcher other than Contreras. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Other than those three, I don't think there are any real untouchables as far as position players go. Yeah. So, like, Javi or Addison Russell, uh, one of the two could be swapped, and then you just, like, put Ben Zobrist at second base until his contract runs out. Uh, Ian Happ seems like the most logical guy to trade. Uh, You know, Kyle Schwarber probably looks good to an AL club. You know, and any one of those guys. So it's it's going to be a very interesting offseason. I literally have no idea what they're going to do because there are just yeah, so many options, and it's hard to, without being in the room and being in the know, and even if I was in the know, I'd probably have, like, a binding agreement not to talk to you guys about it. So Yeah, but you might have to say goodbye to one of our beloved <laughs> players. But we all knew this day would come eventually. Yep. And 
uh, I'm sure they're going to try to do a few extensions, like just for cost certainty, because there are those guys coming up after 2018. Like the big one is Bryce Harper. Then you had a few pitchers who are going to hit free agency. There's there's a lot of very interesting stuff coming up next winter, and they obviously want to make sure they have enough money for all that for that shopping spree. It's going to be mm-hmm. a good Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we guess we could talk about the new coaches who would help the guys who are sticking around. Uh, Chili Davis. That that's a pretty cool get, I think. Uh, and he's one of the. He's said to be one of the best hitting coaches in the game right now. He's like the very Cubs personal, personalized, so he understands the individual approach. And while the I was just surprised to see as many coaches go as went. I mean, granted, in the middle of the playoff run, they were still alive. Mm-hmm. But Madden said he wanted everybody back, and I now think I think everybody's PR. gone. No, that was just PR because you can't just say no. I want everybody fired. We're gonna keep playing these games, and then you're just like, bro, you know, we're we're trying to win a playoff series, and now I got this on my mind. Come on, man. But I, I understand why he said what he did at that time. It, no, it me too. Seem... You can't say, yeah, we're going to make changes if we can. But at the same time, you didn't. he probably meant it. But right. when p- people like Butter, Butterfield yeah, and Chili Davis come available and um, the guy from Tampa Bay, I mean, yeah, those are like three guys that are sitting yeah. like at the very top of their game and their profession. Right. So it's almost like a, hey, Ricky, you didn't really do anything wrong, but this is Joe Man. You got to make the jump when you have the chance. So it's right. kind of like a bad. It sucks that they lost their jobs because their option wasn't picked up. But mm-hmm. when you have a chance to get one of the better coaches in that field, you got to jump. You got to strike. Yeah, and hoping that they can figure out what is what's funky about Jason Hayward and help Javi Baez learn how to take a better two-strike approach. And just about everybody needs a better two-strike approach because when they get the two strikes, they're like, yeah, they're probably going to strike out. And that's a terrible thing to think and then realize that they're not going to prove you wrong most of the time. And it's hard, you know, it's two strikes. Of course you're going to get to end up striking out because that's just how strikeouts happen. They obviously happen when you get the two strikes from Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, yeah. they, they got to change their approach a little bit, make more contact, make more solid contact. And it's extremely hard these days because everybody knows the ball is juiced. And now you're either going to hit it out of the park or you're going to strike out because everybody wants to have that uppercut swing. It's like, the game of baseball has changed drastically due to the yeah. fact that everybody knows that the ball is a Super Bowl. Pretty much. It sucks, but hey, you got to get offense somewhere because offense sells. Yeah, and personally, uh, I'd rather see a one nothing game because that has some exciting plays. Yeah, you got a lot of defense, but, uh, you know, unless the guy's going for a perfect game, I, I think. I want to see that ball in play and I want to see it shot in the gap and I want to see people hit it on line. Like obviously the easiest way to score a 
score a run is to hit a home run because now nobody can get to the ball and you could just, you know, backflip across the bases if you wanted to. But mm-hmm. the the really exciting plays are when people steal bases, they take the extra base, they hit in the gap, like they there there's cutoff throws and you know, relay throws and plays at the plate. You you need the, some of those to keep the excitement going, and I'm not seeing as much of that. Like, dingers are great. Like, you, you'd love to see a lot of these home runs, but, uh, you know, too much of anything just makes it a little bit sour to me. Ah, crap. News just came across from John Heyman. Alex Cobb is getting the qualifying offer. Oh. Damn it. Well... It makes sense, and uh, if the Cubs do do that, at least their first-round pick is protected now. At least I think that's how the way it works. I think everybody's first-round pick is protected now, and they only lose their second-round pick at this point. That's good news. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I, I think that's the case, though. It's been so long since I've thought about that. But, you know, at this point, if you're – if you're trying to compete in this window that's like jammed open for another three or four years, I don't think they care if they lose a draft pick. Probably not. Yeah. So the Cubs have filled all of the coaches yep. except one. Joe Madden's right-hand man, Dave Martinez, is now coaching the Washington Nationals. Congrats oh, yeah. to him. Fantastic Fantastic bench coach. He's earned this. I wish him. Oh, well, I can't really say luck because I don't want to see that t- that t- pitching rotation in the playoffs. No, not yeah. again. No. But I hope he has somewhat success, and he proves to be a competent manager. But the question is, who's going to take his place? The fan the fan vote is all for David Ross, but I'm not sure that would be the best move because. I'm not sure if he's going to be somebody that can keep Madden in line and help him make smart baseball decisions. Right. I I feel like they're going to promote somebody from in-house and wish Davey Martinez the best with Washington. He's going to get a really good team to work with. And he also has some job security because they're giving him a three-year deal. But uh, it's I, an I, option for a fourth, which is I think longer than they've given given anybody. Yeah, I, I like the idea some people have put forth that maybe they should just put a big nerd with a computer in the dugout as the bench coach. <laughs> hey, but, I'll uh, take it. But you also have to have somebody that the players can relate to, and that speaks to somebody who actually has some experience. And if, and that's why David Ross makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the players love him. I I think he wants to stay retired for a little bit longer and just, you know, do his TV gig and hang out with his family, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, his first year away from the game, he didn't exactly stay home too much. Yeah. Slow transition back into everyday life with the family. I get it. But if, you know, Joe Madden's contract runs out and he decides to retire, maybe he... David Ross would be a decent manager. I actually don't know. Like, I'm sure he's, as a catcher, he knows about the game. He knows how to call a good game. He knows how to position defense and all that. But how well are you at actually managing people without 
that much experience. I feel like he has to go through the rounds like Rhino did with the Cubs before he went, bailed for the for the Phillies. Probably. Yeah, so it, it, it'll be a very long time before they do that. I, I think they need somebody with like experience, and they're gonna find their guy. Yeah, see what happens. They when Theo before he hired Dale Swain, they had a bunch of other guys who who they interviewed, like uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. and whatnot. So maybe one of those they they could tap again and say, "Hey, would you like to do a bench coach?" And then that'll be like their jump start to to their own managing gig later on. Mm-hmm. I guess the. The rumored choice, if not David Ross, is promoting Brandon Hyde hmm. to be the bench coach. Okay. And some I mean, of that... He's been around long enough, and the players obviously know him and trust him, so it, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Other than that, I don't think they're going to take Lester Strode out of the bullpen. No. And... Uh... It, it, it's kind of d- difficult to see anybody else in the house that they want to do because I think every team, every uh, affiliate has a decent coach working for them, and that's what's like keeping the pipeline going. So they probably don't want to disturb that. They, they probably are going to go outside the organization to find their bench coach now. Probably. Yeah. Find some minor league manager or something that's good at his job. See if mm. he wants to make it to the show. Right. Or, you know, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 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 they go without a bench coach. Would any team do that? I, I think a bench I don't coach think is, so. is pretty pretty uh, important job, so I, I guess they wouldn't do yeah. that. Yeah, they need to find somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they need somebody to help Madden out. Yeah, I I don't know what I'm doing half the time anymore. The beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. The love affair with us is quite a romance. Do we want to talk about that little elephant in the room with the uh, Cubs family? And DNA info. Yeah, I mean, not. I like sticking to sports more often than not, but this is kind of a big deal. Where the patriarch, Papa Joe, Tommy Boy's father, kind of, he kind of stuck a dagger in their media, into the media heart. He didn't kill it, but. Yeah, uh, the, he wounded it. Yeah, a lot of uh, major cities had like Gothamist in New York City and DNA Info here in Chicago and also other cities. Like we used to get stories from them all the time, and you know they they were obviously owned by the Ricketts Corporation, and apparently uh, th- this was just a few days ago, but. A lot of the journalists voted to unionize, and then uh, Joe Ricketts basically set up a letter that said, you know what, this venture isn't making any money, and so we're going to just shut it down. And so I I feel like 
this is probably illegal because you can't just like kill an entire corporation when people vote to unionize. But you're gonna same- have to they'd have to prove that's why he did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious that's probably why, but that's something you're gonna have to find a way to prove. That's gonna be kind of hard to do. Yeah. Unless it's in a writing someplace, you're never gonna get him to admit that's why. Even though it's known that Papa Joe hates unions. Yeah. And like politics and everything aside, we're still Cubs fans. Like obviously Joe Ricketts doesn't do much with the Cubs except for, you know, pocket the money when the kids send him, you know, Christmas money because they're making a profit, right? And yeah. they've already said it all the all the major profits are going back into the team and they're reinvesting in it. And it's true, they have to because they pissed off Ron Emanuel and now they have to pay for the entire uh, renovation themselves. So that's coming up to like a billion dollars. And so, yeah, we, we can still be Cubs fans and still recognize that owners are probably just slightly evil. And Yeah, owners owners kind of suck. Mm-hmm. I don't care what team it is, how many championships. Owners are generally not well liked by people because they're not too. I don't want to say not too nice because Tom Ricketts is a, is a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. He may not may do stuff or lean politically ways that we don't like or whatnot, but I don't know. It's 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 complicated. It's That's why one of my favorite one of my favorite phrases is I don't root for this guy or that guy. I might like them as ball players, but I generally just root for the laundry. Yeah. Put whatever twenty five guys in there, I'll root for that team. If people wearing the cubby blue or the white pinstripes, rooting for laundry, it, it makes me feel a little bit better because there are some really bad guys in baseball on every team. Yeah. I mean, last year we had to root for and support a Rollis Chapman. Yeah, that was Who's good not enough. a good guy. Yeah. And with the re- the reports, alleged reports, for what Russell did, that made me kind of sick to my stomach. Yeah. We don't know if it's true or not. Diehard fans would say, oh, no, it's not just a money grubber. But truth is, nobody really knows what took place. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Truth is, like we've said before, you don't really know who these guys are. You might have an idea. Like, look at Rizzo. Fantastic Mm -hmm. guy. Lots of charity work. But that's just what they allow us to see. Uh, Yeah, that's what he allows us to see anyway. uh, We don't know who or what he's like when the camera lights are off. Chris mm-hmm. Bryant, we're still getting to know him. We don't know what he's like when the cameras are off. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's easy just to root for the laundry. Try to yeah. separate the person from the team. And yeah, and hope that they unfortunately, don't do very bad things. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, it's getting to the point with the owners, too. Just keep paying the bills. Keep making this team good. Do what you want. Yeah. Just don't fuck over my team. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of rough because, like, in the NFL, you're seeing a lot of, like, talk with the anthem protests and 
collusion against Colin Kaepernick, who I would love to see, you know, just sign a random deal with the Cubs and see if he can still throw a baseball. (laughs) At least he'll he'll keep his head relatively protected, and he might make a little bit more money. But possibly. Anyway, it's it's difficult for me to say because I, I really like sports and I want to have something to root for, but at the same time you realize that the world isn't idyllic. It's not it's not a perfect world and there's a lot of things that you you have to just dismiss when you're rooting for a sports team and I don't think it's it's genuine of us to just dismiss it and realize, you know, yeah, we can root for the laundry, but at the same time understand that some of these people aren't the best. And maybe that makes you think about it a little bit more and decide perhaps I'm not rooting specifically for this guy. I'm just rooting for the team and hopefully he doesn't screw up too badly. Yeah, or, kind of like with, with Chapman last year. Yeah. Just do enough to get us through this game, help us win. And then go somewhere That's all else. I ask. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, with all these humans on the planet, a lot of them are going to be bad. And sometimes it's it's just extremely difficult to find somebody who is, like, 100% good, like someone who, you know, likes animals, understands uh, equal rights and you know how to not be a jerk it's hard to do that and so it's very difficult especially when you know that there's someone on your team who could be bad like I guess we could use a different analogy you know in Hollywood a lot of women and even men have been accusing certain celebrities of being inappropriate yes yeah and it, you never really know who these guys are until somebody starts talking and it's kind of makes you feel sick because, like, say, Kevin Spacey, he was great uh, as the bad guy in uh, The Usual Suspects and American Beauty and also uh, the serial killer in Seven. And so he's a very good actor, but then you realize, man, he did some really, really nasty stuff. Yeah. And it's just so gross. And now I'm not so sure what to think. Like, do I stop watching these movies that I really enjoy or – what do I do? Yeah. Like, I guess there, at some point you got to separate out the art from from the person, but at, it, it, it's always gnawing at the back of your head, and it's the same with athletes. Like, I can't appreciate that Barry Bonds was really, really good at baseball, but in addition still to understand the, that he's a piece of crap human. Yeah, yeah, he's bad, probably a bad human being, and he probably did the PEDs, but I kind of don't care because he was really good at baseball, and then it kind of makes you feel bad. <laughs> so it, it's it's hard to, to reconcile these feelings. Yeah. But, you know, as long as they keep most of their money tied into the Cubs and not you know, donating to people that I hate in politics. I guess I'm okay with it. So overall, it seems like most of the contributions that are making are actually in the sports team and not in bad people. And yeah, I I don't think I'm articulating this right. I, I just feel like if you're being optimistic and realize that people are actually inherently good, 
but a lot of people are just trying to prove prove us wrong here and it's sometimes it's like these stories that come out are are more the exception rather than the rule, but they're also loud stories and that's kind of disappointing. I think that's enough for tonight. I think we should talk about our Twitter and how you can reach us. All right. You can find World Series Dreaming on Twitter at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. We are also on Facebook. Everything we post on Facebook should go to Twitter unless Facebook's screwing around. Uh, Find our site at WorldSeriesDreaming.com. And send us any emails, comments, questions, hate mail. Don't send us death threats. We don't want that. Yeah. World Series Dreaming at gmail.com. Not quite ready to die yet. You, nah. you should uh, rate and I share just got our married. podcast. Yeah. I just got married three months ago. I don't want to die yet. Please no, don't no, send no. me you death threats. Enjoy that. Make some babies. wedding gifts. <laughs> we're still accepting death threats. No. <laughs> You can rate our podcast on iTunes. We need a few more of those. Uh, share us with your friends. Tell them to rate us as well. Even if it's a one-star rating, at least they'll generate an average, and that's all we want. Uh, yes. I'd like to thank Rich Deanna for have, giving us this awesome theme song, Randall Sanders for the final out from 2016. Hopefully we'll get another one in 2018. We'll see. Hope uh, so. I think we'll probably do another one of these uh, more towards Thanksgiving and uh, talk. I'm about... I'm leaving on the 14th for a week or so. I'm going down to Disney for my honeymoon. So. Oh joy! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll be out. Great. <laughs> so so maybe Rice will have a nice little guest host. We'll see. Uh, I'll see what what I come up with. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll be towards the GM meetings and then something before they actually do the winter meetings. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks we'll have the uh, major baseball awards, the Globe Glove, MVP, Cy Young, and Manager of the Year. And mm-hmm. then uh, after that, uh, Hall of Fame voting season is, is up. So this Underway. You know, even though there's no actual Major League Baseball going on, there's always something going on in the world of baseball. Mm, so baseball never sleeps. We'll be around. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you very much, everybody. Please to rate and share us, and go Cubs. Go Cubs. All right, let me. All righty. Right, have fun. Bye. Sounds good, brother. It was more than just a game.